Welcome to Unpopular But Accurate, the podcast. After all these years, there's only one thing these two can agree on. They're always right. Here's your host, David and Tyler. David, and this is what happens. It's a lot of stuff going on in the sports community and world right now. Listen, listen, the sports landscape in the Carolinas has been turned on its head. Roy Williams, the beloved UNC head basketball coach, has retired, and it pains me to say it, and I mean it this time, NC State fans. It, it, It pains me to say it that. Unfortunately, he's moved on. And, and the Tar Heels have tapped Hubert Davis to Man. tap him as a successor. We're going to dig into that hire for the Tar Heels. Yes. Sam Darnold is a Panther. What is going on? What's going on over there at Bank of America, man? What do you think? We're going to tell you how we feel. I mean, it's, 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 it's mixed emotions. I don't know how I feel, but I'm going to let you know in just a few moments. And the Hornets, you know, also lost Gordon Hayward to an injury. As you know, the injury bug seems to be living in the Charlotte Hornets locker room right now. Buckle up, folks. We got a jam-packed show to get to. As always, before we get started, David, tell these people about the deets. What's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? It's been a week off, but look, we back and better than ever. If you haven't followed the pages, come on, get on it. It's time now. Ladies and gentlemen, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, you know the YouTube channel is booming right now. We getting some views. I'm feeling the love and support. What about you? Dude, I'm telling you, I'm excited what I'm seeing. Keep watching it. Keep supporting us. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Follow us on all our other things. It's unpopular but accurate, just like the show name is. Follow yes, us, people. You know you, know you what, like it. You know it. what type of time we on. Let's get it. Let's first get Let's to get, it. Get it. Roy Williams retirement. Man, David, this was tough for me. Um, Roy Williams has let you have this. been the basketball coach of Carolina ever since I became a fan. And for those of you that want to know when I actually became a Carolina fan, it was in the 2005 season during the NCAA tournament when they made the run with Roy Williams and won the national title um, for Roy's first. So it's always been special with me with Roy. Um, in second year, I fell in love with the Hands Road team that had all those freshmen um, that overperformed. So that that's when I really fell in love with Roy Williams. And, man, after 18 seasons at Carolina, uh, 33 years overall, he spent 15 years at Kansas, Roy Williams retires. He retires yeah. as the fourth winningest coach of all time. He won three – he's a three-time national champion, all at UNC, and he finishes with the 903 and 264 all-time record. The Roy Williams era – David, as you so eloquently texted me while I was 35,000 feet in the air last week, <laughs> has come to an end. Chilling David, in, Chilling in Vegas, huh? What do you think? Kind of, yeah, don't, we're not going to talk about that on this show. What do you think um, is the legacy of the Roy Williams uh, era? What, what, what's his legacy? Um, this is coming from a Duke fan. You know, we all know that I'm a Duke fan on the show, and, yep. you know, you're a Carolina fan. That's kind of what makes our dynamic interesting and dynamic. Um, you know, listen, my hat's off to Roy Williams. 
Uh, he had a Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame, hell of a career. There's no two ways about it. He is a legend. Um, you got to give it up. It's 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 kind of bittersweet in a way right. for me. Um, you know, not that I like Carolina or anything, because y'all some raggedy. Uh, Watch you, your mouth. You know what? But, Watch your um, mouth. You know, I, the legacy to me, I think it's still to be told because there's there's a part of this uh, that you know we we still want at least me. I want to know the details on why now. You know, it, it, it kind of felt like something was weird going on a couple of mm -hmm. shows ago. We talked about Keller leaving and Sharp going to the uh, pros. And, you know, we'll see what happens to Mono Baycott. And, you know, you know, this team with UNC is like not been a shooting team at all. As far as three-pointers is the worst in the history. Um, and I, it's a lot for me to, to still uh, know about the story because again, why now? And what we're kind of hearing, I think you kind of even told me a little bit about this is simply that he didn't want to adapt to the time, you know? So it kind of makes me feel, was this a choice of Roy Williams? Was this a choice of, you know, uh, you know, the people, you, you know, the, what is it? Sports athletic director, like, you know, what is it called when the people, um, uh, support your business and, uh, give you money? Uh, fans, supporters, donors. Now, yeah, listen, we're gonna come back to the word alumni. The the alumni, yeah, exactly. And um, it it just feels like I kind of feel like he's being pushed out. You know, I don't really feel like this is a decision. So nah. you know, I think his legacy is kind of tainted if that's the case. His legacy is not gonna be tainted. First off, it, it, Roy Williams got to leave Carolina when Roy Williams was left ready to leave Carolina. He wasn't okay. pushed out. This wasn't a Bobby Bowden situation okay. or a Frank Beamer situation uh, where both of those coaches were pushed out because they weren't really succeeding as much as they were used to anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, you can make the argument that the last two Carolina teams were probably his worst two teams since he's been at UNC Sands the 2010 season that they made the NIT tournament. Mm -hmm. um, no, this was just Roy Williams' choice. He, he, he said it best in his uh, exit interview or in the press conference on Thursday where he said, I no longer feel like I'm the man for the job anymore. And if that's the case, you know, kudos you for one recognizing that. You're 70 years old. You've coached 33 times. Your legacy is sealed. You have nothing more to prove to anybody else out there. Roy Williams' legacy to me, it, since that's the question that we're asking about here, is what is his legacy? What is his legacy? Is there has been no greater coach in college basketball since his time at UNC in the last 18 years. Let, let me let me challenge you on a little bit of your you know your soliloquy here, because um, I mean I respect where you're coming from, uh, and I, and I get that. But you know you said Roy Williams decided and he said i feel like i'm no longer the man for the job right when there has been rumors out there that he didn't want to adapt to the fact that he has two big men and mm -hmm. his work for him his whole you know career not just in unc but right. you know previous teams he coached for as well so if he's no longer the man for the job because everybody else wants you to do more guards and not just the two big men I don't know if that really feels like a choice for me for like like where Williams made is it's just uh, it just kind of no feels this like it this you can come off of that because this this is one hundred percent real Williams chores okay. he's ready to go you, okay. and when you think about it mm -hmm. there's a lot of old coaches that are not far behind him you, you're in a different era of basketball where you've got to deal with a different type of athlete he's used to recruiting players and players falling in line immediately and if you didn't fall in line well guess what I'm gonna pull your scholarship because there's tons of other players that would love to come play for the Carolina Blue oh yeah you know and the same could be said for coach fact. K and, and Jim Beheim 
all of these coaches are used to. You get in line to what I say you're going to do, and that's it. But now you got to navigate a, an area where everything's on Twitter. You got kids on social mm-hmm. media. You got to balance that. Make sure they're not ruining the season. So many things that are just not about the game of coaching mm-hmm. and doing what you need to do. But but here here do you think he's going to coach again? No, he's like, done. He's he's retired. He's retiring. For he's good? done. Done. Okay, because Coach K is seventy four and he's still doing it. That's so. Fine. I was just kind of inter- like interested in your mindset. Do you think that he's going to take another job? Because Coach K again is four years older than him, still coaching. Yeah, still but doing his thing. But Coach K keeps coaching because that's what he feels that he's still the right man for the job. And I will guarantee you, the day that Coach K feels like he's no longer the right man for Duke basketball, mm-hmm. he'll step away just like Roy Williams it. did. For Roy Williams, that just came a lot earlier. Roy's not chasing records. He's not trying to beat Coach K in all-time wins. He's not trying to beat Coach K in national championships. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to do any of that. He doesn't care about those things. Um, at the end of the day, I thought was kind of funny in his press conference is he says, I think ESPN had up something about a stat, but when have I ever cared about ESPN or stats, right? So <laughs> he doesn't care about those. That's but funny. if we're talking about legacy, right? when it comes to Carolina – he is the greatest Carolina basketball coach of all time, in my opinion. Ooh. And, they, and that might upset some Tar Heel fans out there. Tar Heel Nation, what but about here's that why. one? Here's why. The okay. last 18 years, while Roy has been at Carolina, he has been the best coach in the nation. Let me tell you. He has 45 tournament wins since he came to Carolina. That's most of any coach out there. He has five Final Four appearances since he came to Carolina. No other program has had more. No one even ties us. Mm -hmm. He has four title game appearances since he came to UNC. No other coach has accomplished that yet. He has three national championships since he's come to Carolina. No other coach has accomplished that in the same time frame. The closest is two. He has... 485 wins since he came to Carolina. That's best for fourth. And when the win percentage, he's won 74.8, pretty much 75% of his wins. That's fifth best. No coach has accomplished any more in the last 18 years than Rule Williams. The numbers Mm. don't lie on Mm -hmm. that. So his legacy is that he leaves as going out on top right now. That's good. And, Danny, you know, I wanted you to really get that out because I know it's bittersweet for you as well. Like, this is a – this is like a, a a friend saying so long, you know, mm-hmm. that you was homies with for the longest time. It's like, you know, nothing else. But uh, what I'm actually really interested in this, uh, what we're going to get into next and talking about is I, I really did think that I'm glad that they did hire um, Hubert Davis for the job. That's what I'm really more interested in um, at this point, because we all know that, you know, Roy Williams is he's one of the best ever to do it. You know, that's not really debatable, even coming from a Duke fan. But I think that is, you know, I, I love how history was made with Carolina hiring the first black head coach in Hubert Davis. Now, I kind of was with Stephen A. Smith a little bit on this one in a sense that, you know, Lavelle Moton, mm-hmm. North Carolina Central's head basketball coach, mm-hmm. you know, give somebody who is a underdog, somebody who is black, somebody who is successful, someone who's been doing it, someone who has a proven reputation, give it somebody like that some shine and some light. But, you know, you really can't argue with the fact that they hired in-house. That's what Carolina does. I mean, if, if your goal is to get a minority hire, check the box. There it is in the, in the story. Lavelle Moten never was in the conversation. And no offense to him. He's a he should have been, though. He he's a great been. coach. Um, he, he's won over 60% of his games. He's been to four uh, 
conference tournament championships and four NCAA tournaments. So Lavelle Moten is a good coach, but he's not from the Carolina family. And what you have to understand, if you knew anything mm-hmm. about Carolina basketball, you knew the next head coach after Roy Williams was going to be a former Tar Heel. Now, were there mm-hmm. talks with Brad Stevens and whether it talks with Mark Few and whether it talks with Brad Jay Stevens Wright? definitely wouldn't do it. Um, all of them we reached out to, and all of them said they'd be interested in hearing what we had to say. But in the end, we knew that the best fit for Carolina and the right hire was Hubert Davis mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I'm stoked for the hire. His press conference today, I watched the whole thing, I was straight fire. And I quote, he says – we going to come ready. That's exactly what he said in the press conference. So I'm That's so how he said it too? He said, we going to come ready. No, we going to come <laughs> to play. All right? We're putting it on T-shirts now. We going to come to play. All right? So, Hubert Davis, I'm excited for him. He was assistant underneath Roy Williams for nine years. Um, he was selected 20th overall in the 1982 draft. Right. Um, and he played at Carolina from 88 to 92. Do you know that he leads? He's the Carolina's all-time leading three-point percentage uh, for his career. That's interesting. I didn't know that. And he's third all-time NBA. He's third best ever three-point shooter in the NBA, percentage-wise. So what, what's the post like for uh, Tar Heel Nation? Are y'all stoked as my good friend Tyler here? You should be. Or if you're are not, you kind of mixed feeling about it? Or like, do you think y'all going to be successful? Is the recruiting class upcoming in the years to come are they going to be really good? Or is he going to be more of a Coach K kind of style, one and done, you know, NBA type, you know, style players? It'll be really interesting to see. Listen, get in the comment box and tell us what y'all think about it. Listen, I, I think it's a great hire. We'll see what Carolina does moving forward. Um, on to the NCAA tournament last night, David. Yes, sir. Baylor put the beat down on Gonzaga last night. Who's seen that um, coming? They won wow. the national title 86-70. to 70. Yes, they did. Five out of seven teams in our bracket pool all picked Gonzaga to win. All five of us were wrong. No one picked Baylor to win the national championship in our bracket pool. So, with that being said, David did have the winning bracket in our uh, ESPN bracket pool with 900 total points. No surprise there. Myself had a lowly 560. <laughs> I took more risk than We're David. We're going to put the so, picture up, so don't worry. But we that's fine. For you. The best bracket on ESPN, though, had 1,690 points, so let that sink in. Yeah, we're, we're pretty far off from the greats out there. But one thing I did notice on ESPN, mm-hmm. everyone that won that had the highest points picked Baylor to win the championship. Go figure, right? Um, what do you think about the game last night, though? Gonzaga getting so, embarrassed, dude. So, so really quickly, um, yes, I did pick the winning bracket. I really was feeling good about myself at first right. before the championship game actually happened um, because I was actually the only one in our ESPN bracket tournament boys group. Shout out, shout out to the tournament boys that actually both had Gonzaga and Baylor in the championship. We're going to have the picture as well. Um, and and uh, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I can check that out. So, I was happy to see, you know, going into the game, I was really confident. I was actually, I was confident. I was cool, calm, and collective. No sweat on my neck, back, shoulder, none of that. Like, I, I was expecting a Gonzaga dub. And, boy, did they get routed. Like, the game was never close. One of the things in one of the other, you know, businesses and in the endeavors I do, um, one of the things we're really big on is starting out really strong. We call it being a varsity person in the intro, in the introduction and whatnot, what I do. There's different levels, right? 
is is freshman, is JV, is junior, and then is varsity, yeah. right? You want to have a varsity level intro. That's how you know you're really becoming really good. You're a master at what you do. Right. To me, Gonzaga won because their introduction to that game was legit. Baylor won. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Baylor. Thank you. Baylor won because their introduction to the they put their handprint on that game within the first two minutes and they never turned around after that. One of my favorite quotes, Tyler, is, uh, you know, Gonzaga said, uh, you know, we work out and, we, you know, we win and everything. Baylor said we work out with the football team. Listen, right. them boys was ready to play. Right, right. Baylor, Baylor had a hell of a start to the game last night. Um, Three-point barrage of shooting yeah. hit Gonzaga in the mouth. Now you know what it's like for Carolina when we play teams. Um, at the end of the day, um, <laughs> Baylor just deserved to win. They, came, they were on fire. They had three guards. Jalen Suggs looked like a freshman for – uh, the first half of the first half. Then after that, he was normal, but by then it was too late. Game was out of reach. Um, Baylor was locked in all night. And their defense down the stretch, I thought, was really impressive to hold Gonzaga down to 71, 70 points. That goal. was impressive. That was very impressive, in, in my opinion there. Um, at the end of the day, when you look at it all, you hate it for Mark Few because he's gotten there again and he, he didn't win his championship. You thought this would be the year he probably would do it. But Scott Scott Drew down there in Baylor now is a hot coaching Listen, commodity. Listen, they were number one um, seed last year before the tournament got canceled because of COVID. Right. One of the one of my inside you know thoughts in the game is uh, I really started to fall in love with Drew Timmy. Mm-hmm. Drew Timmy against UCLA came up big, and I just I mean you know being on the East Coast. You don't really see Gonzaga play too often. You know they're the number one team. You kind of see the highlights. You kind of see some of the things that some of the experts say and, you know, how they're big and high on them. But Drew Timmy, I mean, like the game against UCLA, his big – that's what my biggest impression of the game – one of my biggest impressions of the game was because Jalen Suggs was sensational in that game. But Drew Timmy, his big man, post moves, left hand, right hand, taking that huge charge at the end of the right. UCLA game. I'm thinking this kid is a baller. And, boy, did he shrink like never before. There was an APB out for him the whole game. It was. He, he, just, he just didn't show up. And it's just like, you know – when you play against size and athleticism, that is not a good mixture for him, and that's going to be telling if he does make it to the pros. What do you think he's going he, to make he will it make it to the pros? He's a lottery pick. He'll be one of the top five picks in the draft easily. That one bad game doesn't wipe away what he's done all season, and he's been a stud for them. He's earned his NBA stripes. He will be a big time baller at the next level. Book it here. You heard it here first. Um, right. okay. With that Let's being see. said, I will also say that. Um, while my bracket wasn't any good, I did take Vegas's money as I made at least three hundred dollars last throw night that in there. off of uh, wins, <laughs> and I picked Baylor to win, even though in uh, my bracket at Gonzaga, I said Baylor would win, and I took the under. Both of those cash. Your boy got a little chin. Give, give me hedging your bets for three hundred. If it, <laughs> if, it wins, if it wins me three hundred, I will do it every time. I, I don't know a single person that would watch this and not agree. I had to throw that little tip in there. You daggum right. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into one of our favorite teams, obviously being a Carolina, you know, base YouTube, wow, and Spotify wow, wow. series, um, and podcasts as well. It's Panther Nation and Panther Talk, baby. If y'all have not been paying attention, there has been big time news going on in the Panthers Nation frenzy in the offseason, Tyler. This is getting kind of hectic, but I love it. I'm here for it. 
The Carolina Panthers made a massive trade on Monday to acquire Sam Donald for a, two, a 2021 six-round pick and a 2022 second-round and a fourth-round pick. Now, the Panthers have also allowed Teddy Bridgewater to seek a trade as Donald as uh, Sam Donald is going to be the guy moving forward, okay? Um, this is really interesting. The Panthers still have the eighth pick of the draft yep. in, uh, this uh, coming up this coming month. Yep. Now... How do you feel about this? Like, how should how should we feel? Tell Panther Nation how we should feel right now. Um, I don't love it. I, I'll just be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't don't know if I hate it yet, but I, I, I got some questions for that front office. Okay. Um, over there at Bank of America Stadium, I realize before I say what I'm about to say, and you Talk guys say us. I'm not a Panthers fan because these last two years I've been riding the Panthers pretty hard, and okay. they deservedly so needed to be ridden hard by their okay. fans, all right? But here's the thing. I realize Sam Darnold could be um, a gunslinger for us. I realize he could work in Joe Brady's offense, and we could turn him into the quarterback that everybody thought he would be when the Jets drafted him. But you look mm-hmm. at the Jets situation, that team is a train wreck. I I would pick being a Carolina Panthers fan all day over being a Jets fan right. for, for two minutes. So at the end of the day – I understand it could possibly work. But here, here's the questions I have for this front office, right? What are you wanting to do? Because your messaging is mixed and muddled, mm, and I, as a fan, right. have no clue what you're doing. Right. All right? You say, David Tepper, I love you. I think you're a great owner. I think you're the best owner we're probably going to have. But at the end of the day, man, I got to hold you accountable too. You coming out saying th- okay. that you want a, you cannot win a Super Bowl without a star quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. You That's want a quarterback that can make plays. You, you, and you, you were comparing them to the Aaron Rodgers, the Patrick Mahomes, the Tom Brady's of this world, right? And then you go get Sam Darnold? Like, is this the guy that you think is going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Tom Brady? Is this the next guy that you could see winning you the Super Bowl? Because if we look at the man's stats, David, from <laughs> the past two years, Let's get into all it. right? Bring it up. They ain't good. They don't look pretty. Uh, 2019, passed for 3,024 yards, had 19 mm-hmm. touchdowns, 13 picks. Not a bad year in 2019, right? That was actually a sophomore season. Played okay. only 13 games that year. Mm-hmm. That's an important note. Uh, last year, played only 12 games, okay? Threw for 2,200 yards, had nine touchdowns and 11 interceptions. It was okay. less productive last year. QBR went down further. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In his first season, right. only played 13 games in his entire first season. So you're telling me that you gave up a 2015 – I'm going to do it, David. I'm sorry. You oh gave up God. the 2015 MVP due to the fact that he was injury prone, yeah? And so you go and sign a quarterback who hasn't played a full season since he came in the league, and you think he's the winner? Come on, Panthers. Are you? This is the, this right. is the move. So, this is the move. Yeah, go ahead. It's, make it make sense for me, David, because uh, it don't make no sense. I was with you until – listen, you had me until you lost me, okay? Mm-hmm. You had me until you lost me on your conclusion. Mainly the conclusion because I was going along with that roller coaster the whole time, and it does right now in Panther Nation in this frenzy of a offseason feel like a roller coaster. I actually did think it was time to get rid of Cam Newton. Um, you know, he is injury prone. I loved him while he was in Charlotte. He he put Charlotte on the map. Right. He made us relevant, took us to a Super Bowl. 
but at the same time, his first year in a New England Patriots uniform hasn't really proved really anything that we, we should have let right. him go. Right, but okay? let, 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 me, let me make sure that you don't waste breath on on Whoa, what, what I on, think you're wanting to say. I'm not saying that keeping Cam Newton is a solution. I never waste breath. My, I'm not I'm listen, I didn't want you to though, because you know all breaths are vital and precious. So um <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm not saying, David, that the solution is that we kept Cam Newton. All I'm saying is is you can't sell me that you don't want an injury prone quarterback and then you go and get an injury prone quarterback. That's uh, all I'm saying. So okay, so okay, that's a valid point. That's a valid point. And listen, overall not a bad take. And you know how we do we shoot off the cuff none of this is scripted all of this is raw uncut they we probably pretty much, think it should be scripted listen <laughs> no nah, it shouldn't be because it makes it more natural and more gritty that way and that's exactly how i like it so my big picture is sam donald has a higher ceiling than teddy bridgewater i would agree the injury proneness is not something you want to have to deal with period. right point blank period um but I'm not going to lie, Tyler. I am starting to come around okay. to the idea of Sam Darnold. It's yeah. literally starting to make sense. You know why? Why? Simply because Panthers still have the number one. Uh, excuse me. They have the number eight pick in the right, draft. Right. Mel uh, Kuyper, Todd McShay have the Panthers right now picking up Justin Fields at the number one eighth pick in the draft. At first, I'm like, huh? Like you said, it's mixed sign- signaling. It's like a girl that tells you she likes you one day, and the next day she's like, you know what? I think we need time apart. You know, right? <laughs> that's pretty much what they did yeah. to Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Listen, love you, brother, but uh, listen, that's how you know it's a cutthroat business. Back to Justin Fields at the number eight pick, though. Listen, it makes sense because. Right now, we do not have to keep Sam Darnold after this year. He's in a, uh, like, with his contract, he has to prove to us that he is a long-term viable option for us. Now, why this makes sense is in the 20, uh, excuse me, in the 2022 draft, a lot of experts are saying this is going to be one of the weakest quarterback drafts in recent history. You got damn near five quarterbacks going in the top 10 this year. And next uh, season in 2022, you might have one or two in the first uh, 10 picks, right? Don't start me. You know so, Sam Howell, baby, okay. Carolina quarterback. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah, he's one of them. He's we'll in talk the, about he's, him a lot he, more in the fall. He's in the mix. He's in the mix. But think about this, though, Tyler. With Sam Darnold, if he is actually pretty good this year, but you like Justin Fields as a viable option in the future, what you can do is use Sam Darnold as a trading bait to get more assets on the defense, offensive line, and beyond. So maybe he can prove to us that he can be decent, but we love Justin Fields more, and we keep Justin Fields because he has more time to grow and improve and probably even a higher ceiling. He's a running quarterback, which I like as well. So to me... The Panthers are actually pulling a lot of strings from a position of power, which I like us to be, instead of defensively. We're more I, offense right now. I get it, but that's it's still a dumb move if that's your plan, because here's why. You gave up a second round, a fourth round, and a sixth round pick, regardless of the year that it's actually in. You gave up that much draft capital to get a guy that mm-hmm. may not work. So if he doesn't work out, like I know it's what you're risk. saying – like, cause rolling the dice. You, your plan is only good if he actually plays well. If he doesn't right. play well, they lose everything, right? And his stats are more inclined to tell you that he's not going to play well than more so that he will. Now, granted, he's going to have a better cast around him. I can definitely see he him. He is. Let me say is this. It? I'm okay. going to say yep. it. He, I can definitely see him succeeding, right? 
But if the plan is to draft Justin Fields, it makes no sense to pick him up. You keep your draft capital, and you just throw Justin Fields out there behind Teddy Bridgewater, let Teddy Bridgewater do that, and then let Teddy ride off in the sunset you know, next year and go to his own team, right? Yeah. That would have been a, an easy option, but this tells me okay. that Matt Rule mm-hmm. and David Tepper – and Joe Brady really wanted Sam Darnold. I don't think we're going to get a quarterback. So what, I don't think so. What, what is interesting about this whole dynamic is, you know, uh, Sam Darnold actually had the same head coach that Ryan Tannehill had mm-hmm. when he played for the Dolphins. Ryan, we all know the whole Ryan Tannehill situation. Played for the Dolphins was ass, right? right? Literally got to got the traded Titans. to the, to the Titans yep. and completely did a three sixty on his entire career. Right. So, do we really know the true Sam Darnold? Uh, Sam, Sam Darnold. We don't. We don't because he did, he Donald? never because mm-hmm. he, here's what makes me think that it can work, mm-hmm. right? Sam Darnold's now going to be throwing to a Robbie Anderson. Guess what? He has chemistry with Robbie Anderson. They played together for his first I two like years. That. I like that match. He's going to be throwing mm-hmm. to a DJ Moore. Think about that for a second. Now, he's got a, a viable number two option. He's going to be able to throw to a safety release valve in Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be able to handle the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. Sounds like you're making my point. No, what I'm saying is I think it can still work. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying I don't think it can work. I'm just saying I don't like it for the reasons I've already said. At the end of the day, this could be a great fit because the Panthers get the eighth pick. They can take that Kyle Pitts tight end out of Florida with the eighth pick. And now look at the offense. You got a star tight end, two star receivers, and a star running back. He's got weapons galore. That offense would probably be unstoppable against Joe Brady. So it could work out. It could be great. And then after that, we won't need a quarterback. We'll have a sometimes you got to so we'll roll see. the dice. You do have to roll the dice sometimes. And listen, I, I, I'm more of an optimistic viewer on this situation. I want Sam Donald uh, uh, stock to literally skyrocket. And I think it really can. Um, with uh, our offensive coordinator, uh, the, 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 the supporting cast and Christian McCabe, you, you just went over it. Right. I think this could be a match made in, he- uh, in heaven. Yep. And literally – Turn around. The you can Panthers tell me I hit the nail on the head. It's all right. All right. You Let's know, get it. I don't mind you Let's saying get that. It. I'm here for you, Sam. Let's go. Listen, just show up, baby. That's all you got to do. Do your job. All right. All right. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, the Charlotte Hornets, the beloved Buzz City team. David, the Buzz Char- City. The Charlotte Hornets have made friends with the damn injury bug. Um, as it seems, we've lost Gordon Hayward now to an ankle sprain that's expected to sideline him for four whole weeks. Right. Um, we're still three weeks away right now with LaMelo Ball being re- reevaluated for a return. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, what is going on in the water in Charlotte? We, 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 more, we more brittle than gingerbread crackers. Well, let's be honest. We're not really surprised about Gordon Hayward. He's just literally in, he's an accident waiting to happen as far as injury is concerned. Unfortunately, I, we, ho- yeah. ho- hopefully he can change his round for his career because what was the number one issue we had concerned with him coming into this year? Injuries. Okay, thank you. And he has proven us right. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, um, the whole Lamelo Ball situation is, you know, obviously. You did you see the, the, y'all see the highlight? Not even a highlight, but uh, it was a it was a uh, video pan to Lamelo Ball on a sideline where during one of the close games, and he's literally shaking like he's like shaking because he wants to be out there so bad, you know. 
he just he, he you know he, the competitive spirit and fervor some athletes and professional have where it's literally they just want to be out there helping their team win so i'm not worried about Melo because i know this boy wants it bad and he's right. going to be out there maybe even sooner than he needs to be but listen we're in a race right now to not only make the playoffs because it's razor thin right now in the east so every game matters yep. and um we need the boys back because right now it's it's looking kind of crazy 100 percent um right now the best scenario for returns Lamella Ball return April 22nd if he's cleared when we reevaluate him. We got eight games to go until then. That would put us with 15 games remaining in the season when he comes back in. Mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward, best case scenario if all goes well again. That's the biggest thing here. He can come back May 1st. That's 13 games away. When he comes back, all we're going to have left is 10 games remaining on the season. So, you know, right now, David, the Hornets are 25 and 24. Let's take a deep dive in this. We fell to sixth place in the East. I know. Um, mm-hmm. We're third in division. Last time we talked, guys, we were first in the division and fourth in the East. Now, granted, we've only we're only back, you know, a half a game from fourth, right? But we're also uh, two games from missing the playoffs completely. Still, it's crazy. So these next eight games without Lamelo Ball going to be completely crucial, and we've got some tough matchups coming up uh, soon. So. What do you think this overall means for the Hornets with both injuries? Well, just to kind of give you guys some perspective on this as well, Atlanta Hawks right now are sitting in fourth place um, at 26 and 24. The Miami Heat at 26 and 24. Mm-hmm. The Hornets 25 and 24. And uh, the Celtics, who just creamed the Hornets just a couple yeah. nights ago, at 25 and 25. Yep. So if you just take a look at it, you know, that's your margin of error. It's pretty much damn near nothing. Um, you, can, you can't mess up. You even pass gas and it stinks too bad. You're going to be out of the playoffs at this point. It means a lot for the Hornets. It, le- it means we literally have no room for error. Not only that, but Devontae, uh, Graham is literally going to have to yeah. play bigger, obviously. Terry Rozier is already doing the most he he could really be doing. I mean, Wynn is one of the best players right now in the entire NBA. But it also means that teams, when they play us, they're literally going to be shifting their defense and focusing on really two players. So it really locks those two players down from really getting off the way they need to. What we need to have is um, obviously Miles Bridges, uh, uh, you know, play better. We need right. P.J. Washington to play better as well. Right. I mean, he has been a really big enigma. Yeah. The brother had 40 points against the Suns and literally has been struggling to get 10 points ever since then. Yeah. So P.J. literally has to ball out. He needs to continue to get uh, crash the boards um, and be an offensive weapon. Like Because, again, if teams are just allowed to just focus on Graham and only on Rozier, we're not going to be in a good situation right. whatsoever moving forward. Right. Oh, here's what I think it's going to take, and here's ultimately what it means for the Hornets. You cannot go two and six in these next eight games without LaMelo Ball and expect to make the playoffs. I mean, granted, you're going to have a chance at the end, mm. but you got to go at least 500 while you're out. Because mm-hmm. that's the status quo from for teams four through eight right now, and okay. excuse me, four through nine. The league is you got to go at least fit five hundred, four and four. Exactly, I agree with I you one hundred percent. There's two ways the Hornets going to get this done. They're either going to go with the option what Dave was talking about, where Terry Rozier continue to ball out, Devontae Graham, you're going to have to ball out, uh, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges. 
and Malik Monk, let's not forget about him, mm-hmm. you're going to have to play good basketball. You don't have to be stars. I don't need you to give me 20 a night, but you need to give us very serviceable 15 points a night numbers. At least. If you if we're not yeah, going to get that, 100%. then then we're going to need a trio of stars in in Rozier, Graham, and Monk. That's how we can get it done. And I've got confidence a little bit. I don't think, honestly we don't should think be able to do it. We should be able blue. to do it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so the next couple games that we're playing, you know, tomorrow night we play the Thunder, winnable game, and uh, you know, two nights from that night uh, we play the Bucks. Uh, you know, the Bucks is kind of you know. I, they're better than the Hornets, but the Hornets we've beaten some, them. We've beaten them before, but okay? we've beaten them with Ball and Hayward. So yeah, I, exactly. If so. they were in, give me them a win that game. What about the Panthers nation? Do you th- you, th- you think the nation and Charlotte as a whole is ex- like excited by our chances and options? Like, what, what do you guys think? I, are, listen, are, are the Hornets going to pull it off? No, because there's are one thing I know about Carolina sports fans. Whether you like the Tar Heels, the Blue Devils, the Panthers, don't matter. say we're finicky. Because we're not. No, but you know Sometimes. when, the, when, when the, <laughs> the smallest feeling of the ship sinking, they all overreact. I love you That's guys, true. but you guys got to stop doing that mess, okay? Yeah. Um, hopefully, you're thinking that we'll be fine. I think we will be. I mean, we don't have a super super tough schedule. The next eight games do include Milwaukee, L.A. Lakers and the Clippers. But other than that, it's a bunch of middling teams or teams at the very end or bottom of their conference. We should come out of this four and four. Um, still be in great position to make the playoffs when ball returns. Um, one thing we do need to note moving forward for the Hornets. Three, please, five um, and three. That's what I want. Go one ahead. thing we do need to know, our division rivals are making a move. Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler down there in Miami, they're starting to figure it out. You see they've already moved ahead of us in standings. They did. The Atlanta Hawks are starting to figure something out down there with John Collins, Cam Reddish, Trey Young, and them boys down there. Mm-hmm. So we have got to elevate our game. I think when we get Ball and Hayward back, as long as we mm-hmm. make the playoffs, I think we're going to be fine. We're going to be a tough out still. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to be a tough out. So they're just going to have to get their ad together. I said it a couple of weeks ago. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget the Heat were in the finals last year. They were. They have pretty much the same squad, and they just added Olin Depot. They are the real deal. They kind of like a bear in hibernation, but, you know, maybe they'll wake up. But the Hornets still could take them. All right, David, who you got this week? Tomorrow tomorrow on Wednesday, the Hornets got to play OKC. You think we can take OKC down? Give me the dub. Give me the dub of OKC. That's a winnable game. All we right. We're going to put David down for a dub. Right now, it doesn't matter what the the score is because we just need to win. We're not going to fancy exactly. ourselves. But let score. me ask you, who do you think is going to win that game? You, I'll take the Hornets. I, I think we can win that game, especially if, if – Either your plan or my plan with three stars works out. Listen, I think we'll be folks, okay. it's honest and real commentary. We're not going to sugarcoat it for nobody. No. Listen, we keep it real. You go ahead and give me an L, though, on Friday when Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say we keep it real. L next game. I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Like, Milwaukee's, they're riding high right now. Exactly. Milwaukee has won seven of their last ten ball games. They're making their way up in the standings, and they're only one game out of first place in the East. So, Milwaukee's on a roll. I don't think we're going to be able to stop that train. Um, give me Milwaukee to win it. What about yourself? Yeah, they're 32 and 17. Um, you know, they're pretty much butter on a row at this point. It's going to be an L for the Hornets, unfortunately. Yeah. But listen, look up. 
And then you got Atlanta. Now, this is a must-win game for the Hornets in a, against Atlanta. Atlanta's 26 and 24. They're now the leader in our division. A win here puts us back in good contention with them. We got to get the W. We got to give them their 25th loss mm-hmm. um, because we'll have one coming in the game if our predictions hold true. So give me the Hornets to beat Atlanta. I think it'll be a close one, but it's at home on Sunday. Might go to the game. It's at one o'clock. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Hornets. Give me a win on Sunday. Listen, I know one thing, Tyler. Hornets better beat Atlanta this this upcoming weekend. Are you kidding me? Not only do we need it, I, I actually think uh, James Borrego is actually one of the coaches. Uh, he should be a candidate of coach of the year. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's leading. I'm not saying he's in second place. He's kind of, to me, in a top five situation right now. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the Hornets have never had this much success. As far as within the last decade, you know, we, are, we reached as high as fourth place. Listen, this is going to be a coaching thing. Yeah, you're missing some of your players, uh, you know, top players, Ball, Hayward. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to coach it up to shut Trey Young down and win this game? We need this game. Let's get this dub. Let's see what happens. Malik Monk is going to be you, my friend. I have a big feeling he's going to be a big factor in these next eight games, man. All right. Moving on to our favorite segment here, Buy or Sell. David, we got some interesting topics to talk about this week. I know y'all love it. So, as you know, last night Gonzaga-Baylor was in the national championship game. Gonzaga led by Mark Few, legendary Mm -hmm. coach, great coach, great winning percentage. I think he's got the lead winning percentage of all – active coaches scott drew leader of the bears been there for 18 years mm-hmm. uh similar success a few if you were starting a program today um you would take scott drew over mark few will you buy or sell that man this is pretty tough they're both phenomenal they I, are- I actually really like both of them um but i think that i i'm gonna buy um, taking Scott Drew, the success that uh, they've had over the last yeah. several years, making a tournament damn near every year, and where he's taken this program from a no name to a national title in 2021, yeah. it's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I gotta agree with you, dude. I, Mark Few, you've had great success, and no one's gonna, you know, poop all over that, right? But, but what I <laughs> mind me what I want to say. Uh, but what people don't understand is that Scott Drew's in the Big 12. You know who else is in the Big 12? Texas. All right, Texas Tech, Kansas, Oklahoma, all are good teams. Oklahoma State, that's a great basketball conference. I mean, th- let's just be honest. The Big 12 has looked better than the ACC the past two years. Yes. So, at the end of the day, when you look at it for, for Scott Drew, he's done more in a tougher environment. Give me Scott Drew if I'm starting a program. I'm going to buy that with you. I like it. I have to agree on that one. Sam Darnold, the Panthers' new quarterback coming into the 2021 season, allegedly. Um, let me ask you this. Do you buy or sell, David, that he will be the most improved player in 2021 if he starts for the Panthers? Listen, I am going to unfortunately sell that idea. Uh, this is one of them things I hope I'm wrong about. But Sam Darnold, I think he's going to be great, but good enough to be comeback player of the year. You know, I don't think he's going to be that great. But listen, if I'm wrong, Pan- that if I'm wrong, that literally means the Panthers are going to make a deep run in the playoffs. So either way, I'm okay with that. I'm a, I'm a buy it. I, as you told me earlier, Hold like on, what? The yeah. same guy that didn't went, you know, I didn't that high, high. I said I was he indifferent. Wasn't okay, I I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But here's the thing. What makes you say that? If I'm, he, I'm interested. If the, the the whole point of the question is if he started week one, right? Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. he started week one, that means he's shown enough 
where you could start over Teddy Bridgewater or anybody else that might be in the backfield for the Panthers with him, okay? He's got all these weapons. If Carolina drafts a couple more weapons in the draft, you know who they also could take at number eight? Jalen Waddell from Alabama, the Devonta Smith. Give him another weapon, and my God, if if you don't succeed – we can't help you, brother. You know what I mean? There's nothing else we can do for you. So give me a buy on that. I think he will be the most wow. improved player. We're Not comeback come- player of the year, most improved player. We're going right to have there. to come back to this one. I love the prediction picks because a lot of times, you know, we, you know, that's one of the things you can see. They the fall on deaf hey. ears and we forget about them, No, right? no, we're, we're going to bring it back. We have flashbacks before. We got, we, hey, we, we got, flashback. we got oh. video proof. Exactly. Book it for me. When the Panthers in the playoffs this year, I, I don't want to hear it. Listen, okay? so far has been unfortunate flashbacks as far as getting a couple things wrong, but we'll see what happens. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> we just never flash back when Duke played Carolina twice. It's oh, right. okay. So, and speaking of Duke and Carolina, great, like I said, great segue there. Um, so Carolina and Duke, David, have been ranked in the early, way too early preseason polls. Um, some polls have Carolina as high as 16, some as low as 22. Some polls have Duke as high as 3. Um, that's mm-hmm, ambitious mm-hmm. and low as uh, 12, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. There's just several polls out there. You know, everybody in the mama's got an opinion. But do you buy or sell that these teams um, will finish where these polls indicate they are? Do you think they're an accurate description? You ready for this, CJ? Yeah. Um, I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm going to sell. I think Duke is – you know, a little bit too high. And I'm just saying they just have to earn it. I like to, you know, even though they're my team, um, I want to see them earn their respect. Now, they also do have one of the best top – they're one of the top incoming classes in the nation. You know, what's new, right? right. It's Duke. Um, with the kid, you got Paolo Benchero, yep. who is a 6'9", 235-pound uh, forward, literally five-star recruit. You yep. know, best player coming in, A.J. Griffin as well, 6'7", 200 pounds. And then we got the kid, Trevor Keels um, from Fairfax, Virginia, uh, who's also 6'5", 210. All these, all these boys are some ballers, okay? These, apparently, they're some dogs, some young, young boys coming up in the ranks, ready to do their thing. Um, all five-star recruits, by the way. Yeah. So I just want them to earn it, though. So I'm going to sell it for right now. Right. I mean, I guess you got to sell here for both programs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think 16, probably a little too high for Carolina right now. You got to prove it. Yes, we know that you played better basketball towards the end of the season last year. You played well. But we got to see what you actually do coming into the new season. Plus, under a new coach, there's a lot to be uh, mm-hmm. decided for that. For Duke, number three is definitely way too high. I think you could probably yeah. put Duke in the polls, give me them around – um, they're 15, 16, 17 marks, probably a good mark for them for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, too much unknown. Is Jeremy Roach going to improve for them? We don't know. DJ Stewart's gone, so Trevor Kills was a must-get for Duke at that position so they could continue having a good shooter. Yeah. Um, you still got Mark Williams, who's going to be a great player for Duke next year. Mm-hmm. You still got Wendell Moore, who's the enigma of that team. Um, and then you don't know anything about Matthew Hurt. If Matthew Hurt comes back, then, yeah, you can give Duke a top-10 rating. I want Hurt to come back for another year. I, I just year. don't think he, he's coming he back. He, he, his he stock's just not getting any higher. He, he's shown what he can do. He averaged 18 points a game. He shot the ball very well from deep. Um, and he's a tall white guy. NBA loves those people. So, you know, they're going he, to- he, he can come back in a sense that literally, I mean, it's a loaded draft right now. You know, just try it again next year. I mean, he, he, again, you like you said, 18 points is awesome. You know, come back and let's uh, win a national title, baby. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they go. Uh, buy or sell, 
David Teddy Bridgewater lands a starting gig on another team? And before you answer, here's the reason why I'm asking this question. The Panthers have tried to shop this man around. They can't oh, get it man. done. They're now allowing him to shop himself around. Let's see if he can get it done. Do you buy or sell he's going to be a starter on another team next year? You know what, CJ? This actually might be one of the best buy or sells we've done because a lot of these questions are really 50-50. That's why I love them because they really can go either way. What I'm going to say is I'm going to sell, unfortunately, again. I don't think I've ever done so many sales. Yeah. I'm, I'm selling Teddy Bridgewater lands a starting job. I just pretty much feel like everybody, where, where can he go? You know, Colts got their man. You know, Philly got their man. The Bears pretty much got their guy. Maybe, maybe not, actually. Um, we'll see what happened with Nick Foles there and uh, uh, Trubisky. Um, you know, Chargers, obviously not. Broncos, maybe. You know, it, like Teddy Bridgewater, he kind of got the short end of the stick. Yeah. I feel it for you, my man. He's kind of like that, uh, you know, that one girlfriend you liked, but y'all broke up, but you just, you still wish him well. That's kind of where I'm at with Teddy. You're just keeping I, him around. Listen, it wasn't a bad breakup. It was amicable. Wish you well, but we're no longer a match, so. Uh, it, give me, give me a sell as well. I, if Cam Newton can get on a roster, Teddy Bridgewater should be able to get on a roster and be a starter um, with the way they played last year. Um, and solely based off of that, not anything else. Um, with that being said, I, you're right. Where can he go? There's just no other teams out there really that need a quarterback right now. And exactly. his dust will settle after the draft. I think he'll land with the team because we got to see if these teams are going to be aggressive enough to move up and, and take the quarterback that they might really want instead of having Teddy Bridgewater. So mm-hmm. give me a sell as well, man. Right. Um, I hate it for you, Teddy. Best of luck to you. Thank you for your service here in Charlotte. God, man, it's cold world. J. Cole said it best. <laughs> All right, now you know what that means. It is time for everybody's favorite segment, the Fool of the Week. Again, as always, this portion of the podcast is sponsored by Christian Morrison over at My Aroma Goods. Fellas, do not be fooled and let that funk get in the way of your life. Nothing is worse than having that special lady, or for ladies, that guy over, and the smell of yesterday's stanky stank milk still sitting in the trash can, stinking up the house. My Aroma Goods has many options available for you to help calm that stank down from wax burners to diffusers to body wash to kids' needs and even pet needs. My Aroma Goods has everything you need to fill your life with fragrance. These items will also make great gifts as well, so fellas, be thinking about that coming up. We got Mother's Day. Think ahead, fellas, all right? You can visit the website at myaromagoods.cincy.us. Again, that's myaromagoods.cincy.us. Dot S-C-E-N-T-S-Y dot U-S. David, fool of the week, my friend. Do you got one? Who's your fool of the week? Actually, I do have a fool of the week. Yeah. Um, we're going to show the clip. The clip is running right now as well as, we, uh, as we're as we talking about it. Um, I love this segment. This is what, I, what makes this show fun. You know, that's why we enjoy doing what we do. Listen, my fool of the week is actually kind of... You know, it's kind of debatable, I guess. You know, y'all tell me in the comment box. Listen, like if you think he is the full of the week. Yep. Comment if you think he's not. But my, my full of the week, unfortunately, is my man Paul Pierce. Mm. Getting fired from ESPN. You know, um, <laughs> why did he get fired, you say? He yeah. got fired because he chose to go on Instagram Live, on his personal Instagram account, yep. smoke a joint. Yeah. And had some big booty strippers in the background while he was doing so, twerking. Interesting enough, uh, TJ, as well, um, 
a, a porn site actually reached out to him to host a NBA job where literally they have some dancers and strippers in the background while he's talking about the NBA. So maybe, listen, maybe he had a plan all alone. I only say he's my fool of the week simply because there hasn't been a lot of other static this week. And also, you know, you work for Disney at the end of the yeah. day. ESPN is literally owned by Disney. What are you doing, You can't dude? have the big booty strippers bouncing it. Got girls out there busting it in the big, background. Big booties and all that good stuff in the background. On your personal account too you're man. 42 you're not a rapper all right <laughs> paul pierce get it together man all right you got a lot of money so i'm not worried about you but dude come on right uh my fool of the week man we're gonna keep it the nba active player all right you might disagree because of what the content of the situation was but i'm gonna say it kevin durant you were my fool of the week my guy oh whoa, whoa. um field everybody knows what happened between him and that michael rapapapo whatever how you say come his on, name michael though all Seriously. right Everybody knows what happened to him, but Kevin Durant, you this is not new for you. If this was the first time that this ever happened and this is your first outburst, and I say, you know what, you were right to defend yourself. You go right on ahead, defend yourself. Mm-hmm. But, dude, you don't know how to handle the media. And you're no offense, you come off as a crybaby, all right? You have, you've had proven burner accounts just because you're so insecure what people are saying about you on the interwebs. You okay. can't even handle the, the criticism that people that aren't even experts are given towards you. So, mm-hmm. come on, dude, get it together. Like, you're an NBA superstar. You're, you're one of the top five players in the league. You make more money than any of these people that you fraternize with on these boards right. in, the, in these Twitter rooms and this true. other dude. And you're out here wasting your time with that when you should just be getting back to honing your craft and being a better Let basketball player. Let me challenge player. you on one quick thing with the Kevin Durant situation, though. Yeah. What about man and bro code on Michael Rappaport even exposing the messages? He obviously was complicit that this was DMs between two, mm-hmm. you know, highly successful rich people, whatever, whatever. Yeah. You know, you really don't expose it. It's just kind of like Geico. You just don't do that. He obviously sent those messages with the intent of them never being out there. Yeah. What do you think about him even exposing KD for that? I mean, listen, you're a superstar. Like, you should know anything that you send on the internet is not yours anymore. And once you press send, it's gone forever. No matter if you try to delete it on your end. Mm-hmm. So he should know better than that. And someone's probably told him that. So at the end of the day, yeah, bro code this and that and the third. But if I'm making $40 million a year and probably $30 plus million a year in endorsements, nothing's going to mess with my paycheck. And I'm not going not to have discipline to engage with people like this. So, right. Kevin Durant, get it together, man. You've got a huge blessing that God's given you. I'd like to see you stop complaining so much and start winning some more titles. Yeah, well you, well, you can't argue with a lot of that. Let's see if they win the title we'll see. this year with the Nets. you got to stay healthy. Harden's out, by the way, too. Go, LeBron. Well, that's it, folks. Thanks for joining us here on another episode of Unpopular But Accurate. What a week it's been, David. We look forward to seeing you guys next week on our show when we see how well Hubert Davis and the rest of the ACC is going to navigate the recruiting and transfer portal. It's going to be wild, dude. Wild Wild West, you're going to see free agency in college basketball go down this summer, and this will be the only summer you're going to see it happen. So get excited for that. We're also going to see if Darnold, is the real deal for Carolina, or was he merely a chess piece in a larger game of play for the Tampers Panthers out there? Maybe they're, just, maybe they're just acquiring him to trade him away at some point. We'll see. You never know. Panthers, not a bad idea. All right, and if the Hornets can survive all the injuries that has bitten them so far, we'll see. 
and we we didn't get a chance to uh, broach it in this episode, but we will definitely talk about it next episode. Deshaun Watson now. 22 people are accusing him of the sexual assault. One of them was on ESPN today. We're going to get in that next episode. We kind of leave you guys with a cliffhanger with that one. Give you our thoughts. It's getting ugly for your boy, man. So we got to talk more about that. Let us know what you think about the Hubert Davis hiring for the Tar Heels. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Indifferent. Panthers picking up Sam Darnold. Let us know what you think about that as well. Hit social media. Tell us what's on your mind on Instagram and Facebook. As always, even if you hated our takes, we hope we at least entertained you, if nothing else. For David and myself, thanks for joining us on UBA. We'll see you next week. Drop them likes and shares.